Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. Local call-in number, 701-293-9000. 888-970-9329. I apologize if I sound a little scratchy this afternoon. I've got, I got something. I don't know what's going on. My ear hurts. My throat hurts. I'm not feeling good <laughs> this afternoon, but we're going to push through it because it's Friday and we're going to guide you into your weekend. Uh, in a moment, we're going to talk with uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer. Uh, he's going to be on the program. There's some rumors swirling about a meeting between Congressman Kramer and Senate Minority, or excuse me, Senate Minority, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, regarding uh, cabinet positions. All sorts of rumors going around. We'll talk with Kramer about that. I'm, kind of feels like maybe he's been talking about nothing else for the last couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll talk with him about that in just a moment. Also, uh, I had a, had a report on the blog this morning about uh, fundraising for the protest camps. You won't believe how much money they raised from how many different accounts. Uh, that's going to be on the program a little bit later. And, of course, Jay Thomas coming up here at 2 o'clock. Stay tuned for that. Uh, once again, your call in number 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Our guest, Congressman Kevin Kramer. Are you sick of talking about being appointed to the Trump administration yet, Kevin? <laughs> well, no, it's fine, actually, Rob. Um, it, it's I've tried to keep my focus pretty much on things in the house uh, up through yesterday at least because we finished work i think assuming the, the senate doesn't muck up this continuing resolution but um no it, it's fine it's it's not not where I ever envisioned being but uh it's all fine we uh the report in politico today uh i'm going to quote from this senate uh, majority leader mitch mcconnell met with north dakota representative kevin kramer this week to discuss a potential open senate seat Political has confirmed the Tuesday meeting at the National Republican Senatorial Committee offices comes as President-elect Trump is considering Democratic Senator Heidi Heitkamp for a cabinet position, possibly at the Energy Department or the Agriculture Department. Did that meeting take place, Kevin? Well, uh, obviously I'm not going to lie to you. Senator McConnell, the majority leader, has been having candidate recruitment meetings with a number of people, and um, he, he did asked for a meeting with me, and I did attend a meeting with him and talked about, uh, you know, possible Senate race. Can you tell us anything about the conversation? <laughs> well, no, it, it was, you know, it's one of those things where uh, the discussion for me is a little different being an at-large member and, and those kinds of things. We talked more about, you know, how, how an at-large House member is a little different than a Senate, you know, than a House member who's not at large because, of course, you you have uh, all the benefits of statewide exposure and those things that that uh, another member doesn't have. In other words, you know, he, he's of the opinion he likes people to commit early, and I told him I wouldn't do that. I'm not, I'm not committing to a Senate race uh, right now. I, I'm focused on the House of Representatives, and um, you know, and that's where I want to stay because for a number of reasons. One, one is I don't need to commit early to a Senate race, even if one's in the making, because i'm you know i'm i'm a house member i'm i'm a statewide elected official and i i think i i think the best politics is good policy and doing your job well and so i just stick to that so that that was sort of the nature of the discussion 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 if uh if you want to join in uh you know as as for the cabinet discussion i mean is there any i mean do you have any insights i i there's so much hype about this and so many people talking about it and I mean, I, I don't know what you say about it. I mean, obviously, <laughs> President or President-elect Trump is considering both you and Senator Heitkamp for possible positions, but the man's got to make a decision, and I think when he makes a decision, he'll probably tell us about it. But right. I mean, any other insight you can provide on that? You know, it, no, not really, not 
um, Rob, you know, the uh, the committee, he's got a little transition team. I did meet with him and Ryan's Priebus, a very brief meeting with, with Jared, but then spent, uh, you know, better part of an hour with, with Mr. Trump himself talking about energy policy and politics and the agency. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, we've come to expect that uh, he'll make his decision when he's ready to, and then and it'll, you know, it'll come out. And I, I may know about it shortly before it's public, or I may not. You know, it's just, it's, that's kind of the nice thing about being where I am, because I really have been straight up with him as I have with everyone else, and that is that I'm, I'm happy to serve in whatever capacity uh, best serves the country and my state, including right where I am. Does that mean that if, if he asked, would you serve? I would. I did okay. tell him that. I said that, you know, I really said that Chris and I, after praying about it, decided that the best course of action for us was to place it in his hands, and in in, the, in Mr. Trump's hands, and uh, that he could best decide where he thinks I can serve him and his administration and our country, and uh, I would accept whatever that is, including if he offered me a position uh, as Secretary of Energy, and that is the specific position that he and I talked about, and uh, or in the United States House of Representatives. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Did you discuss, I mean, obviously the pipeline has been the thing that has, yes. has dominated news in North yeah. Dakota for some time. He has, he has indicated that he would support it. Yes. He has not necessarily come out and, and said what he would do about this easement. Right. Um, I suspect that's because he doesn't want, I, he's not president yet, so I, I suspect right. he doesn't want to get out in front of the issue. Too far until he actually is, in fact, president. But, I mean, do you get any indication about how this is going to go when he becomes president? I mean, is this – because well, I think what we're hearing from some quarters is that even when Trump becomes president, you know, it could be six months. It could be another year. It could be, you know what, – what expectations should voters have? Yeah, no, important point, because he and I did talk about it, and, and he listened more than he talked. He was familiar with it, obviously. He was, he had, the first question he asked me about it, interestingly, Rob, was why, why didn't the tribe come to consultations? Why didn't they participate more in the process early? And I didn't tell him they didn't. He just, he already had, knew that from other stuff. But, um, no, and, and frankly, I think he's on the right track. And I told him that. I said, I think your best response, and, and keep in mind, I was there Monday. That was the same day that Jer that Jason Miller, his his uh, transition chief, uh, announced that Mr. Trump supports the pipeline. And I said, I think it's perfect to just say when you become president, you'll do a thorough review of it. And that's because there's some, you know, we have to get clear what the legal opportunities are, uh, what legal, you know, what legal problems there could be and, and just make sure it's done right so we don't further delay it unnecessarily. Plus, he wants to understand the issue well. So I think he had a good answer. It's not that he's afraid of getting out in front of issues. <laughs> we know that. But uh, this was one where he, you know, he wants to be, he wants to do it right. And I think it was a good answer. I, I would I did tell him, I said, my advice to him, I said, just so you know, the Assistant Secretary of the Army told me specifically on Sunday to a specific question I had about this. I said, when our administration comes into office, will we need to start the process over, you know, with, with it, or, or would the easement uh, and the application that's already in front of the Corps be adequate? And she said, I believe that the draft easement that we have could be submitted, uh, you know, when by the new president. So she was very, she was... She made it sound like we could do it in one day if that's what we wanted to do. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. You know, any, any indication that anything is going to change in terms of uh, – because there's, there's still a situation. I, I know Chairman Archambault has asked the protesters to leave. 
Governor Dalrymple and, and the Army Corps are on record. The Corps' deadline for being off that land has, has come and gone. Right. Uh, is, is there any indication that, that we could get some federal assistance or, or that the state might be reimbursed? Some of the, you know, to date, I think $17 million that, that we've spent on this uh, under a Trump administration? Yeah, no, I, I think we could expect that. I, I, I know that um, Senator Hovind had a discussion with uh, Vice President-elect Pence and Senator Sessions this week. I informed Senator Sessions very early on, right after he was uh, nominated, that I would be coming to him first in line, <laughs> asking for uh, reimbursement and, and, and uh, support, law enforcement support. But, of course, he's in a position now where once he's nominated and the paperwork begins, as they say, he really can't discuss it much. Uh, he can listen. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's any question we can expect that, that we can get some reimbursement. And more importantly, I think, is actual you know, federal law enforcement assistance at the time. Once once the easement's issued, and I have no doubt it will be, uh, Rob, it's either going to be, you know, six days or six months or sometime in somewhere in there after uh, Mr. Trump becomes president, but, um, you know, that they would actually provide the law enforcement necessary to protect legal commerce, the workers, and, and uh, anybody else in the vicinity. So uh, to me, that's as important, if not more, than even reimbursement at this point. I, I mean, that would be the expectation that if they announce that they're going to issue the easement, right. that we're going to see an escalation of protest activities, whatever that is. Yes. Uh, they, they've certainly shown a willingness to brave the cold so far, so I don't think winter is going to be too much of a deterrent. Um, so certainly, I mean, yeah, I, I would hope that that would be part of the mix, that if they're going to issue the easement, they also recognize this has been a, a very sensitive situation and, and, and send law enforcement to North Dakota to deal with it. Uh, any other thoughts as we're closing out the year in, in terms of, of going on in, into Congress and, and entering a, a new Congress and a new administration? I mean, what uh, you know, we're, we're going into the holiday season here, and I hope people are sort of uh, turning their focus on to home and family and stuff like yeah. that. But as we're thinking about this upcoming year, uh, what's it going to look like? I mean, what's, what's Kevin Kramer looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to some very long days and long weeks where we roll up our sleeves and actually get stuff done that's going to be signed into law. And we're going to start, of course, with a quick budget for the current fiscal year, which we'll be able to reconcile with the Senate budget, and that will allow us to do a repeal of Obamacare with 51 votes in the Senate. And, and at the same time, we will have our replacement prepared. That we won't be able to do with 51 votes. So we're going to, you know, we're going to have to have... Uh, um, you know, a little more, little more bipartisan support over in the Senate for that. But I, I don't have any doubt we can get that done. And then the second budget we'll do next year will be um, will include reconciliation again for the next fiscal year, and that will allow us to deal with comprehensive tax reform. And there are a lot of other things like rolling back a whole bunch of regulations, which I'm going to be focused on. Uh, but the two big items will be the repeal and replacement of Obamacare and uh, comprehensive tax reform that makes the United States more globally competitive with our tax code, lowers taxes, simplifies the code, eliminates a lot of the the loopholes, and, and allows people to file their taxes on a postcard and uh, and hopefully become a more uh, small business friendly small business friendly tax code so uh those are the exciting things i think coming into the new year and it's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy 100 100 days but also just a very busy and active first year you know uh kevin last question you sure. and i you and i uh, talked a lot about donald trump during the election mm -hmm. season and i think i told you how many reservations i had about him i ended up not voting for him the pipeline situation made me long for President yeah, Trump, I and I don't think I don't I didn't think anything would. Yeah, I I, I would I was not, but this it, it seems to be, and I still have deep reservations about some of the things and the way he handled his 
campaign. It obviously sure. worked, but uh, you know, I, I'm feeling a lot more positive about this guy lately. Well, um, well he's a you know, um, Mike Pence summed it up so beautifully with a conference a couple of weeks ago. The Republican Republicans in the House when he said, "We've elected a man of action. Uh, buckle up." And pray. <laughs> so it's you know it's good. We I think we've seen already even in the transition with his statements about um, you, you know you can like him or not like him, but his statements about uh, Air, the new Air Force One and Boeing, and he's certainly put every defense and uh, federal government contractor on notice that we're not just going to blindly accept outrageous prices of things. Uh, even his intervention with the carrier situation, I think, is a, a demonstration of a sort of different kind of Republican approach, a little more imposition by the, the chief executive. But I think all of those are appropriate. For one thing, they're consistent with his campaign and his promises. But they're also appropriate in the sense that, in the long run, what he wants to do is make America more competitive. So you don't have to have a chief executive of the United States intervening on these uh, lost jobs yeah. and, and the, you know the. Well, because I got to I got to tell you, the, the 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 president cutting deals on a company by company basis is not a sustainable. Model. It, it, it is not, but it's but it also is encouraging and gave some hope in in, in that sense. But I agree with you in the long run. Let's just get a really good regulatory tax and legal uh, regime that in rewards good corporate and um, job creation behavior, and uh, and then you don't have a perverse incentive for companies to go somewhere else. I hope that's where we're heading. Kevin, I've taken up enough of your time. Thanks. Pleasure's mine. Thanks, Rob. Congressman Kevin Kramer, more to come, 701-293-9000, Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port. WDAY 701-293-9000. Apologize, I got a little bit of a sore throat and sore ear thing going on, but we're going to push through. Just talked with Congressman Kevin Kramer, made a little bit of news there. That's the first time I heard him confirm on the record that he would he would absolutely serve uh, in the Trump administration if asked. Um, you know, basically said he, he and his wife, uh, Chris, decided that they were going to put it in Donald Trump's hands. If he asks, Kevin will serve. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Also confirmed a meeting between uh, Senator Mitch McConnell and um, Senator Mitch McConnell and himself uh, regarding if, if a Senate seat could could possibly open up if Senator Heidi Heitkamp is appointed to the Trump administration. Uh, last heard, it, it seemed like she was most seriously being considered for, for Ag Secretary, and obviously if she was appointed, uh, she would open up a Senate seat. Uh, Congressman Kramer was appointed he would open up a house seat if they're both both appointed we would have two special elections uh in our state to uh to pick the replacements and boy I, we would have a whole other campaign season in this state i mean that would be that would be intense um you know obviously the democrats are going to probably put forward candidates for those races uh, i'm not sure how competitive they'll be given the shape of the democratic party in north dakota these days uh on the republican side though you are going to have a a mess. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a land rush of Republicans to uh, to run in in one or, or both of those seats. So uh, interesting interesting times. It'll be interesting to know when we're gonna get a decision on that. Um, you know, I, I would expect sometime this month we're gonna find out if Senator Heitkamp or Congressman Kramer get appointed. Anyway, we're going to go get some news. We went a little long with Congressman Kramer, so short segment. We'll get some news, and then we'll be back. I want to talk a little bit about fundraising for the protest groups. You won't believe how much money, and more interestingly, through how many different accounts they raised millions and millions of dollars. More to come straight ahead. I'm Rob Port, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port. 
here on WDAY, 701-293-9000. Sorry to be grumbly in your ear. Whew, sore throat. All right, I, I got a post on the blog today, uh, which I, I thought was pretty amazing. I, I've, I've got a spreadsheet um, tracking, and I mean, listen, this, first of all, this was tough to track. Um, but I set out because so much of the Dakota Access Pipeline protest was was being funded online uh, through GoFundMe, Indiegogo, fundraiser, generosity, CrowdRise, all all sorts of these these websites. Um, and so I I set out to you know I wanted to take a look at these things um, because what what really sort of amazed me was just the, the the sheer number of different accounts for um for the protest movement you know so so these i i, I tallied them up and, and by no means is this comprehensive because i i found 285 different online accounts that raised everything from you know a thousand or so bucks up to millions for the Dakota Access Pro, uh, Pro Pipeline protests, uh, the, of the accounts that I found, eleven point two million dollars raised since uh, since August, late August. Um, it's 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 a it's an astounding amount of money. First of all, uh, to put that in context, the state of North Dakota, with with all the cops and everything that they've had down there, you know, paying overtime for the cops coming from other states, the cops coming from other cities and counties within North Dakota. Uh, the state of North Dakota spent 17 million on all that, and and so the protesters got you know had 11.2 million, and that's not counting, you know, offline donations, donations of supplies and equipment, uh, donations made to like like through PayPal, uh, you know, on on the Standing Rock website, they were actually accepting donations through PayPal, and none of those are even visible, so. You know, I, I wouldn't doubt that it was significantly. I, it's it's undoubtedly significantly more than 11.2 million, and you know maybe I shouldn't be surprised at that dollar amount. I mean, obviously this was a a protest movement that went national, but 285 different accounts, and and some by the way, some of the accounts that these were set up for, one of them raised over a hundred thousand dollars for tattoos. Over a hundred thousand dollars. For tattoos for the protesters, you know, it's 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 no wonder to me that we're seeing some some stuff on social media about some of these protesters questioning the number of accounts. I mean, I, when, when you're talking about 285 different accounts, I think you start to wonder: Are all of these legitimate? Uh, are all are all of these really uh, buying supplies or buying things for? the camp and to support the protest or some of them just sort of put out there as a way to snag some of the fire hose of online donations that have been directed to the protest camp. I mean, I don't know, 285 different accounts. I mean, I, I just don't see where that has to me that that has the potential for fraud and, and abuse written all over it. Um, I, I'd, I would say that if, if some of you, uh, wanted to donate to this movement, I would consider uh, check very carefully about just who it is you're you're down, uh, supporting to, uh, sending money to. Because even some of the high profile um, accounts, I, I would say, are a little risky. For instance, the uh, veterans standing with Standing Rock, 
the one that got so much attention, and there were supposed to be thousands of veterans coming to the state. Uh, you know, as I talked about a little bit yesterday, some of the veterans are starting to question how that money uh, is being used. Um, you know, on social media and, and on the on sayanythingblog.com today, I flagged one of them. Uh, some of the veterans questioning, you know, where is this money coming from? Some of them are, are demanding that Wes Clark Jr., uh, son of former Democratic presidential candidate General Wesley Clark Sr., uh, some are, are demanding that he uh, provide a, 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 a thorough accounting of, of the money because they, they raised well over a million dollars. Um, you know, they're demanding an accounting for how that money was used because a lot of those veterans showed up here in North Dakota in the middle of a blizzard and they haven't been compensated for anything. Their travel, not their food, not their supplies, not their shelter, nothing. Um, you know, it was it was a real mess. And, and to me, it's it's too bad that this wasn't focused on. It seemed like our law enforcement got scrutiny on everything. I mean, we even had when when other states were trying to send law enforcement to North Dakota, we saw protesters in those states exert political pressure, you know, Minnesota being one example, uh, to, to keep those officers at home and not have them come here to North Dakota to help us out uh, in the absence of any real assistance from the federal government. So, you know, law enforcement's gotten all sorts of scrutiny from the media, and I'm, I'm just wondering where is the scrutiny for all this money that, that flowed through all these different accounts? I mean, is, every, is somebody out there making sure that there wasn't fraud here, that people weren't being defrauded you know i don't know are we are we sure that all this money is being spent on the protests itself i mean because that's that's a lot of money uh you know i don't know and i you know and also i, I think there's some question when you're talking about a protest movement that has you know set up camp illegally on federal property that has engaged in numerous illegal activities from blocking highways to squatting on private land They've, you know, committed acts of vandalism against the pipeline company and its equipment uh, that is totaled in the millions of dollars. I mean, they were they were torching like excavators and payloaders and stuff like that. I mean, they were torching construction equipment and that stuff ain't cheap. And so and so now you've got to start to ask companies like GoFundMe and Indiegogo and, and these sorts of things when the protesters are engaged, not all of them. And certainly not all of the time, but but definitely engaged in specifically illegal activities and not minor ones like, you know, I mean, if not not minor ones like, oh, they just walked on somebody's property a little bit, but but pretty significant ones in terms of, you know, the amount of damage, you know, they've probably done to that land, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers land, uh, the amount of property damage they've done to construction equipment for the pipeline company. You know, I, I mean, at what point are these companies responsible for raising money for a criminal enterprise? I mean, if, if that money is being used to support a protest movement that has, at times, seemingly condoned violence, seemingly condoned criminal activities like like very, very costly vandalism, then at, at what point should they not maybe allow money to funnel into these groups anymore? I think it's a fair question to ask. Because because think I mean if, if you're a, if you're a property owner down in South Central North Dakota, or you're the pipeline company, and you have got this this army of protesters on your land or, or damaging your equipment or harassing you or causing you all sorts of problems, 
And then you've got these online companies that are acting as, as the funnel for that money flowing into these movements. You know, I would be pretty upset about that. You know, I mean, setting aside the cause and whether or not we agree or disagree with the pipeline or we agree or disagree with the protesters or the cops or whatever. It doesn't matter what your political cause is. You don't get to just damage other people's property. You don't get to just break the law with impunity. So those those are some questions I, I, I wish more people were asking. And it, it doesn't seem like some people are, are interested in asking them because it doesn't sort of fit the narrative of, you know, this David versus Goliath narrative about you know these these plucky activists taking on big oil you know that that's the narrative i think certain people preserve you know prefer and you know when 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 news items pop up or facts pop up that don't fit that narrative they tend to get ignored and that's unfortunate welcome back rob port here on wday 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 we got a caller on the line karen karen what's up hello their technique started in the 1970s when Vietnam protesters would wait for the news cameras to come and then they would start trouble. But there's a difference with this. The North Dakota, uh, both the National Guard and the law enforcement never do anything wrong. They just falsely are accused of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's I think that's absolutely true. I think the protesters work hard to put law enforcement in a situation uh, where, where they didn't have a choice but to deploy some tactics that, frankly, they'd rather not use, but, you know, they're sort of forced to because they have a mandate to enforce the law, and they had a bunch of people who were intent on, on breaking the law and behaving unlawfully and behaving violently, and law enforcement had a duty to 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 their best to, to hold them back. Now, you know, the protesters have a very slick production operation where they had, you know, photographers and videographers embedded with them and they were able to sort of package their narrative in terms of video and photos and everything and deliver it on social media in a way that was hugely influential. It it influenced the media coverage to a great deal and it painted the cops in a bad light, unfortunately and unfairly as as uh, as you pointed out thanks for the call karen uh let's see jay thomas wanted to hop on real quick jay what's up hey dude listen you were talking about <clears throat> excuse me all this how much money has been raised in these gofundme accounts for these protesters well, it's it's at least 11.2 million and i gotta tell you jay there were i mean i i found 285 accounts that were associated with with no dapple now there were potentially thousands more but yeah. most of those were it didn't look like really anybody was donating to them or, or some of them. It was hard to tell if they were specific to the protest or not. So 285 is probably representative most of it. And that's just what's, you know, because GoFundMe, Indiegogo, those dollar raised amounts are, are visible. Yeah. I don't know what was donated through PayPal. I don't know what was donated through the mail or in person or in, in the form of supplies or volunteerism or what, ha- what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, j- j- just what is visible over 11.2 million as of yesterday. Okay. Well, the reason I ask, and this may sound crazy because I live in a crazy world, my own world. Yeah. Is there any way the state of North Dakota could freeze those accounts and take that money to recoup the costs, the ridiculous amount of money we've spent for the, the these protesters coming here and, and causing complete chaos? You know, I don't know. 
I don't know. I that might be a question for our attorney general. You think I should get him on the show? I think maybe you for Monday? should. I think yeah. you should. I, I honestly think that those accounts, if it's possible, should be frozen, and that money should be taken and given to the state of North Dakota to reimburse in these costs. And and not and maybe not just the state of North Dakota. Maybe we could get some help from the, the feds That'd as well. Nice. And and the feds could use that money to maybe restore that land they've been oh. camping on, which I don't think has been treated very well. Oh, it's going to be nasty. Yeah, and so you know, I I think both of those, um, I think both of those things. And this Wesley Clark Jr. This guy needs to be investigated because he basically, at least in my opinion, he scammed a lot of people out of a lot of money. Well, you know, the the veterans. If you're starting to read some of the posts, and I I reached out to some of them to try to get them on the show. Today, yeah, I saw your I, post at anything blog dot. I, I didn't I didn't have a lot of luck, but they're. Um, you know they're 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 mad, and there are they a lot of them that are feeling burned. Uh, and if you sort of followed, you know, Wesley Clark's Junior's um, social media postings, it was sort of like you know he he flew in, he was in his tent down there for a little while, but then quickly moved into a hotel room. Yeah, down at Prairie Nights, uh, he did his little ceremony for the media with uh, where where he dressed up as a as a U.S. Army cavalry officer from. Yeah. The Custer age and apologized to Native Americans, which I don't get me wrong, uh, they were mistreated. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that's not true, but no. I mean, listen. He, while he's playing dress up, all the people that that he invited to North Dakota are out there freezing, and they're not getting their, the money they were promised. They're not getting the support they were promised. He invited them here, uh, and then he just disappeared for 24 hours, and now he's you know saying sorry and everything else. But there's a lot of people that feel like they were scammed, and that was just well, handled poorly here's the deal now i am a huge supporter of our veterans but i i do not feel sorry for these folks and i'll tell you why i don't feel sorry for, for anybody that was down there protesting and feel they got scammed or or god get me out of here i, I need help i need help uh, this is terrible Th- this this is a lesson in do some research before you just jump on yeah. a cause and travel across the country to be part of something you need to do your research I mean, this whole narrative of, you know, the guest you had on the other day that this was man-made weather and and uh, this blizzard was, was targeted at protesters and people. My God, this is North Dakota in December, November. You have to do research. This is what happens when you have uh, this fake news going around on social media. People just grab some little soundbite or some little clip, and they think it's the truth, and this is what happens. But I'm serious. You need to get the attorney general and find out if they can freeze this uh, this money in these accounts. As soon as I'm off air, I'm going to send a uh, send a message over to the attorney general's office and see if we get him on and and just get his his insight on this. And now, listen, I understand it's a it's a complicated legal situation, wow. and and you're and you're talking about 285 different accounts. Uh, you know that's that's complicated, and, and also, I mean, you've got a pro, you've got a protest movement that doesn't really have like a top down leadership, right? I mean, there's a lot of different no, factions, no and so and so there's a lot of people that are going to say, well, you know, we were just supporting, you know, we were the peaceful ones, we weren't the ones supporting, you know, that that other, you know, that, that other stuff and, and the illegal activities. But I mean, at the end of the day, somebody's got to be responsible. Yeah, but that's it's, right. I mean, it's it's a it's a rat's nest. So I don't. Yeah, I mean, it it's. It, it, it to be fair, it is a hugely complicated situation, and it's it's unfair. And and that's actually what my my Sunday column. If if people want to read in in the Sunday newspapers, my Sunday column is about what I call big protest. 
and big protest, I think, is this this network of attorneys and political organizations and professional activists and professional PR people that are now jumping. They started with Occupy Wall Street and they're jumping to Black Lives Matter and, and they're just moving from from one to another and they're taking these these protests and they're blowing them up and they've they've got this model for for getting them into the media and uh, you know I I, th- I think they're building a little cottage industry around it and it's an industry that unfortunately is is not served by these protests finding peaceful resolution or, or finding compromise or finding accord I think that that they're going to make you know their incentive is to make it as as confrontational as possible because that's what gets headlines that's what gets donations they're making you know, that's, money that's what gets people moving they're I making mean, it's, some, they it's, have it's found an, it's a way to make money yeah they have found a way to sit behind a keyboard uh and, and make well, money well well some of us you know you do a pretty good job i know no but you know what i mean <laughs> i know they, what they, you're they saying found, yeah. yeah they found they found a way to make money on these protests they don't give a damn about what the protest is or what's going on, they found a way to make money off. Yeah, the, uh, I, I I think that's right. So that's that's something that I'm sort of working on now that this situation, thankfully, is it. I mean, that, that's the one thing we can be thankful about. This, it does look like it's cooling down. Yeah, I had a report from from you know the Bismarck Airport yesterday where they had so many so many of the protesters trying to leave the state <laughs> that um, leave get out. You know, they, they didn't have enough plane tickets, so they had to keep the airport open overnight. I have uh, to keep them all there. I have a complete list. Of the arrests made at those protests, what state, what the arrest was for. I mean, I've got it all. Yep. And, and, and a majority of these arrests were not Native Americans, and they were not from North Dakota. Yep. Aye. Exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's big protests, Jay. Hey, your show's coming up next. What do you got coming oh, up? Oh, it's a, it's a hard-hitting one today. We are going to touch on this uh, bus driver incident that happened a week or two ago in Moorhead. The video was released to the media yesterday. All right. And uh, I got some going off I got to do on that. We're going to talk about, uh, have you seen this fake Fisher-Price toy that's out there? That's got, no. People are calling Fisher-Price demand and they remove it from the shelves. Don't, saying that this is terrible. How can they, it's fake. It's not, although if I was a kid, I'd want this like big time, man. Was it Was it the bar thing? Yeah, the bar one. My wife showed that to me oh. last night. I was like, is that real? We got to get that. Oh, exactly. So we're going to talk about that. Jobs and Sorry. careers. We'll have some fun with that. Vikings final score and a bunch of other stuff coming up today. All right. Jay Thomas show coming up. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll be on again next week.